0: The following program is a production of Beach Booster Radio. Beach Corner with Diana Chickie is sponsored by Exchanging Vows Bridal Boutique in Collingwood, Ontario. Visit exchangingvowsbridalboutique.com for all your wedding and formal wear needs. Hi, I'm Caroline Shaw from East West Entertainment and you're listening to Beach Booster Radio.
1: I'm Donna Chickey with Beach Corner on Beach Booster Radio, your backstage pass for all your entertainment. I'm delighted to welcome a very special friend via Skype from Taiwan, Caroline Chaw from East West Entertainment Group. Caroline is originally from Toronto and has been in the entertainment industry since the 1980s and has paved her way to Asia where she has lived and worked there since 1990. I met Caroline when she was working with Platinum Blondes Management Company and she is now spearheading East West Entertainment Group, a full service TV, film and video production company. Over the years, Caroline has overseen projects for major branded clients such as Jet Li, BBC, PBS, Discovery Channel, to name a few. She is a consultant for the Taipei Film Commission. Recently, Taipei Times interviewed her regarding Taiwan's film industry. Caroline will share some of her projects and how Asia has become an attractive destination for TV and the film industry. You're listening to Beach Corner, brought to you by Exchanging Vows Bridal Boutique in Collingwood on Beach Booster Radio. Wasaga Beach's only truly local radio.
0: You are listening to Beach Booster Radio, Wasaga Beach's truly local radio. Broadcasting directly from the world's longest freshwater beach.
1: Welcome back to Beach Corner on Beach Booster Radio. Joining me via Skype from Taiwan is a very special friend originally from Toronto that has been in the entertainment industry since the 1980s and has made her way to Asia where she has lived and worked there since 1990. I'm delighted to welcome to Beach Corner Caroline Shaw from East West Entertainment Group. So nice to have you on the show. Thank you, Diana. Thank you. It's great to be here. So I have known you from working with Platinum Blonde's management company back in the day, and then you went on to major labels. For our listeners, tell us about your incredible career.
0: I worked in music from the 80s until about 2015, from artist management to venues to labels and then back to management, uh, this time with myself being the manager. Um, but the music industry... Is in decline, and I sort of decided to went back to focus more on my production side. Uh, you may be surprised to know that throughout my music career, I always had some kind of a side gig with uh, being a photographer or a producer, always busy
1: with something else. I did not know that. So tell us about those early projects. Before my joining Black and management company, I was
0: already an accomplished and professional photographer uh, back in those days. I was signed to a big New York agency called Rekna, and people from the industry also knew me as a photographer, and I took a lot of concert photos for the bands and the management, and even for the labels. And in those days, MTV was invented in the 80s, and there were lots and lots of video productions going on, so I found myself you know, doing a lot of behind-the-scenes photos for them, and then... Eventually, ending up helping out with some of them, and I learned the video production side from there. After I came to Taiwan in 1994, I had my own TV show on the cable network in Taiwan, where <clears throat> okay, I wrote, I produced, I directed, I edited the show. The only thing I didn't do was the voiceover, wow. because I was done in Chinese, and it wasn't I, my Chinese wasn't very good those days. Um, but it was it was uh, a music magazine. Uh, format. And it went on to be the highest rated show on the network at the time. And I, I only ended up doing one season because it was just too stressful keeping up with that and working on a major label as a marketing manager. I was at EMI at the time, so I didn't give that up. But throughout the 90s and 2000s, I did a lot of projects.
1: That's incredible. So, as of twenty sixteen, you started doing this full time. You produced many projects since then. So, can you give us an overview about some of them?
0: Yeah, I, I switched. I, I actually, you know, pulled the trigger in twenty sixteen because trying to do this full time is sort of like, okay, this is what you're going to do for a living. Is, uh, is are there enough projects that are going to be around? So uh, because in 2016 I landed a project with Jet Li where they commissioned – Jet Li is a, a Hollywood uh, martial arts uh, star. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, they commissioned a series of six short documentaries from us, um, and we invented the theme on, uh, on the hero in all of us under all of this. So I was the supervising producer for this project and um, when we shot these videos, uh, these like short, short films like everywhere. We we're in uh, Thailand, Norway, Washington D C and Chile, uh, and California and Brazil, uh, wow. with Jose Jose Aldo UFC champion. So um, it it was it was really hard to pull the trigger and instead of doing those part-time so you can sort of cherry-pick projects but yeah we pulled the trigger and that was it uh, we're suddenly as busy as we want to be
1: Wow so so for example what are some of your other projects
0: oh we end up doing a lot for um, networks and branded content Uh, so here, here's some names that you would know probably. Uh, World's Greatest Restaurants for TLC. We actually did the pilot here in Taiwan. Nice. Um, Gluttons for Punishment for the Food Channel. Uh, legendary Locations for the Travel Channel. We, uh, I also produced the. Um, we call these recrees. the, not just covering events but also a recreation of something historical. Um, there's something called In It to Win It with uh, the BBC. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a big, couple of years, two years ago, the 30th anniversary of the Tiananmen Square Massacre. Uh, this film was a joint production between PBS and Arte, a French network. Wow. Um, world's worst prisons for Netflix We actually... We actually ended up not filming that because none of the prisons would let us in <laughs> in Chinese territories. Oh, they, no, they don't no. only let you see how bad it is in there. So. Wow. <laughs> wow. Really, eh? Yeah. But there's, there's like lots of others. There's big you know, commercial shoots for like Getty Images. Getty you see is a photo bank, um, stock photos. Mm-hmm. Uh, Facebook, we did something for Facebook, for Herbalife, for Harper's Bazaar. Magazine and uh, even Quibi, the big new mobile platform. That was just uh, last year. They we had a project for Quibi. Um, so we we were also chosen as the first ever co-production between uh, Taiwan and the Philippines for a drama miniseries. They called uh, Taiwan That You Love. It was for their major network for ABS-CBN. So that would be like ours. Uh, Not CBC, but um, our ABC or CBS or NBC or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I was, uh, the most challenging shoots that we did was uh, as country producer for a European group's reality TV show that's very similar to The The Amazing Race, but on steroids. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so if you think of the amazing race, you know, the, it's the same format, right? You have a pair and then they have to get from point A to point B. There's all these uh, uh, games and uh, diversions that they try to put you on. But here's the kicker they only get one euro per person per day. So they drop you into a country where you don't speak the language, you don't know the culture. You still have to do all of your games and missions. And uh, but they don't provide you with transportation or food or overnight Mm -hmm. lodging, so you're on your own.
1: Oh my Uh, gosh! Wow. Basically,
0: yeah. So basically, at the end of three months of shooting, these celebrity contestants become professional masters, you know, at begging and groveling.
1: (laughs) Oh, like that! Oh my gosh! Like that! (laughs) Holy!
0: So each of these shoots have about you know production staff about 180. Uh, ish, and then we have to hire, uh, you know, extras and and casts for you know the the different parts that we 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 don't have our own staff do. So That's a all big production. Us, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, the Italian celebrities came, and they 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 chose to use picking Express, which was one of the original shows that. It started in China, so they called it Peking Express. But afterwards, they evolved, and they tried. And the Hungarians uh, call it Asia Express, and the French. Um, oh, sorry, the Romanians called it uh, Asia Express. So Asia Express is the same, more or less, as Peking Express. But uh, it, it, it's just a name change, just to make the you know make the government here more friendly to support our shoot. <laughs>
1: gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we, we do
0: shoots of all sizes, you know, small, big, but that's, that's the biggest ones are, are those. Cause that's, that's spread all over the country.
1: Wow. So being yeah. based in Taiwan, are you seeing more film companies coming to Asia? Um,
0: Yes, uh, but not necessarily just films. Uh, definitely more and more productions are coming, not just Taiwan, but Asia in general. And um, because we, we really do have some uniquely beautiful scenery, and it's also much cheaper to film in Asia. And in Taiwan especially, as, you know, especially over, over China, we also have other uh, advantages especially over china uh and we have some really really high quality production staff here there have been some major hollywood projects uh that have been shot here
1: so uh, tell us about some of those projects
0: okay well you you well we won't hide our age but um <laughs> they've been show, they've been shown here since the 60s right you know you heard of the movie the sand pebbles okay with Steve McQueen, right? Mm-hmm. Well, they shot some of that in Taiwan, so that's sort of like the start of it, you know? Right. Um, if we if we look at more recent ones, like, in, you know, within the last 10 years, let's say. Um, Anne Lee uh, came here and did The Life of Pi, wow. and that, that, that took a couple of Oscars for cinematography, including. Oh, yeah, I remember. Um, yeah, and then Luke Basson came here and he did Lucy <clears throat> with uh, Scarlett Johansson and Morgan Freeman. And and the story I heard is that from Luc Besson's suggestion, he met up with Martin, Martin Scorsese somewhere, and then uh, he told Martin about how cool it was and how easy it was to film in Taiwan. So Scorsese came here to film Silence, which uh, started Andrew Garfield. But Silence is actually, uh, the story itself is based in Japan. But there's lots and lots of places in Taiwan that would look like Japan. So, and it's much cheaper to film here than in Japan.
1: <laughs> My goodness.
0: Um, yeah, okay. like eons yeah. cheaper uh, here than Japan, um, so they did that, uh, they, they came here and they did, shot here for uh, a while, and then uh IMD came back and did uh, Gemini Band with uh, Will Smith, um, mm-hmm. and there are more coming, but I can't divulge any details right now, because who knows if the title names are going to change anyway, so... That's
1: truly there's, there's, amazing!
0: Yeah, yeah. There's those are like big, big Hollywood productions. Oh, for uh, so. sure.
1: So you know, having said that, what makes Taiwan such an attractive destination for TV and the film industry? Well, I think mostly it's just you. You can find some really high quality English speaking crew here,
0: and um, we we also have a film commission set up in different cities around Taiwan, and they help you. Um, they, they help you with pretty much anything that you need so they they try to streamline the uh, process for getting your location permits sorted and then uh, no matter what you need a local partner to make all of this possible which is what we do which is what east-west does and um, and, and uh, again the the cost of filming in Taiwan is substantially cheaper than most of the other Chinese speaking territories of you know China Hong Kong and Singapore I mean Singapore and Hong Kong are extremely, extremely uh, expensive and they have, limited, <clears throat> they have very limited uh, backgrounds. China is so vast, but problem with filming in China is also uh, we have rule of law and they sort of don't. Anybody that could be like some lowly uh, location security guard can come and kind of just you know shut you down just because they feel like it. And oh like they just come and cause problems, yeah. But we don't we don't have that problem here. So once we have location permits and all of that, then uh, there's there's no problems here at all. And, <clears throat> and since we have a lot of locations, I can mimic a lot of those places. Like it, you know, it, for for Silence it was Japan, and then for lots of other Chinese movies, anyways, it was uh, for China places in China. Um, so. It, the infrastructure is here and it just makes sense, you know, more and more are becoming wiser to the fact that it's better and easier to come in Taiwan and in China, so, um, that's probably what, what's helping to grow some of that traffic coming this way. Mm.
1: Well, joining me via Skype is Caroline Chop from East-West Entertainment Group. You're listening to Beach Corner on Beach Booster Radio. Is your new or existing business looking for recognition in Wasaga Beach? Beach Booster Group is your one-stop shop for all things local, all things promotional. Beach Booster will succeed in creating a complete local promotional package that can include high-profile outdoor, prints, and radio promotion of your business and services. Beach Booster's community events offer additional opportunity for visible participation of your company in the Wasaga Beach area. Welcome back to Beach Corner on Beach Booster Radio with my guest, a Sky Caroline Chal. So, Caroline, what has been most challenging when working on a production?
0: Um, every project is different. Uh, sometimes it's getting permission from specific locations uh, for drone use. So. It's already been some areas have already been categorized as, uh, you know, no-fly zones for drones. So trying to get uh, permission to get that changed is probably one of the most difficult things to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so when, when we did, uh, there's there's a lot of other things. Uh, so for example, when we did the uh, the Philippine co-production with. Uh, uh, Taiwan that you love the lead actress came down with laryngitis after two days of filming we oh like to just start oh
1: my
0: yeah, gosh. yeah so so everybody's scrambling and the the writers thank goodness were here so they rewrote a lot of the scenes and um, i had to pull in favors from left right and center to get location permits to have dates changed and find new locations because they just changed the script. And then, so now we need a different location. This is going to happen instead of what we're going to film with with the lead actress. Mm -hmm. So um, that was really challenging. And Mm -hmm. literally, I was up, I I was sleeping with, holding my cell phone. And at two o'clock in the morning, I get some text saying, you know, uh, we need this, this semester, tomorrow morning. Oh, my god. Yeah, so you literally have like five hours of you seeing if you can, you know, wake people up. <clears throat> and, and most times, nobody picks up.
1: <laughs> wow, sounds really intense.
0: Yeah, so um, we, we just, we just sometimes just after after we, we just get to the location and just see if we can get something going. Uh, and yes, sometimes people don't want you to film there. We were shooed away from a uh, place because we couldn't get the date changed. Um, and then the, the location said, well, no, that doesn't cover this side of the street, it covers the other side of the street.
1: I'm like, oh wow. Yeah, yeah. So, so because it doesn't say even in
0: odd numbers, <clears throat> just says from this number to the, you know, from X to Y, right? Okay. on the name of this street, but they say no, it doesn't cover this side of the street because all of this is private property. Oh my god. I see. <laughs> so yeah, that that happens. Well, and then you yeah. know. For, for big shoots like the Express, that's even more stressful because actually they didn't have, the Romanians didn't have a finished script, um, and we were ch- making changes every single day of the three-week shoot, so that was really stressful, too. Yeah. But in the end, you know, we, we manage, we do it with a smile, and we get them what they need, and we, we always try to do the best that we can for their clients, make sure everything goes well.
1: And of all the movies that have been produced, which one successfully showcased parts of Taiwan?
0: Um, I think they all do at some, uh, at some juncture, but because a lot of it's background, I would say the, the only movie of, you know, recent memory would be Lucy, uh, because of, from... Somebody like me from being from Taiwan, when I'm watching Lucy, I'm like, oh, that was shot at where and where, that was shot at location X, you know, that was shot. We can recognize parts of the city right away because they were shoot everywhere. So that would be Lucy, if you want to check that out. Yes. It starts with the opening scene when she walks into the hotel. I know which hotel that is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very <There he> <laughs>
1: Very cool. Yeah. So recently, you have become a consultant for the Taipei Film Commission. Can you elaborate? Oh, yeah.
0: They, they got to know me a little bit better from my work on co production with the Philippines because I came through to their office, right? And then afterwards, I did a film festival as a festival director. Um, they, so they asked me to help me with um, uh, something to do with shooting during COVID times. Um, So, what I did is I did some research on what the rest of the time was doing as far as uh, measures uh, and I drafted a report uh, for them to make sure that we put some safe shooting protocols in place for an international shoot crew. Like, uh, for example, uh, you need a health and safety officer on every shoot and that will make sure that everything is in compliance with the safety measures that has to be done. So, They might be the person that takes everybody's temperatures twice a day, uh, make sure everybody has a mask on, there's sanitizer stations everywhere, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, making sure that all your, usually for uh, bigger shoots you have catering doing like buffets, but there's no more buffets allowed. You have to make sure everybody has a boxed lunch, right? A single serving of everything, you know, so making sure there's PPE, enough PPE for everybody. Um, other protocols, which might be obvious for uh, makeup, is makeup usually they, they use one set of sponges and, and brushes on everybody, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but during COVID, you can't do that because what if you give it to somebody else? So, you know, especially if I lipstick. So um, they have to have a set of brushes for each person. Uh, that, of course, is going to increase cost, but they, they'd rather do that than get sued.
1: Right. Wow, I was going to say that. Yeah, the cost must be enormous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That,
0: that all contributes to cost, but not too badly. Mm-hmm. Um, not, the second part of this is uh, to do to help them with the outreach program. So not very many production companies outside of Asia know about incentives available to film in Taiwan. Um, so insider people actually know about these, and there are different incentives for different types of projects. So they basically need to uh, look at your project, evaluate it, and then uh, after they get a better understanding of that, then they know what they can do uh, and whether they qualify for it. So, And it's not reserved for just Taiwanese productions, it's international productions can also apply for funding. Mm-hmm. And if any listeners are, are curious about it, they can contact me.
1: Wow, that's really interesting. And how has COVID-19 hindered the international TV and film productions?
0: Well, since our borders are closed, uh, to, to it, and the borders are closed in most countries, there have been literally zero inbound productions, unless it's done completely by a talent production team. Mm-hmm. So, but most networks don't trust just local teams, right? They they would prefer to have their own people there, and you know their own DP shooting this and their own sound guy doing that. Uh, so it's it's not cost-effective to have your crew of, you know, 20 or 30 sitting around for 14 to 21 days. It's, wow. It's really not, not cost-effective, right? So mm-hmm. uh, they, they just choose to postpone uh, the shoots. And at the moment, we're working on travel bubbles. Do you know what those are, travel bubbles? No,
1: what is uh,
0: that? Well, you, you, it's, it's the, uh, what, I guess, the... Your country and another country, the foreign affairs usually works on this, uh, they, they have an agreement, a reciprocal agreement with some countries that show and demonstrate that they have uh, COVID under control. So maybe a way of, you know, everybody has to test negative for a, a no-swab, and then uh, when they come in, they still have to do, uh, uh, you know, maybe seven days of quarantine, but it's much better than 14 to 21 days, right? So... And in seven days, most productions might say, okay, well, that's sort of pre-production anyways, and yeah, mm-hmm. having us getting over our jet lag. So that actually works out better. So Ministry of Foreign Affairs, the CDC, Ministry of Health, they work closely uh, together with international communities to create these uh, travel bubbles. Wow. And that'll start opening up for travel and for shoots That.
1: Very interesting. Travel bubble. Something to look Mm -hmm. forward to. So, uh, Caroline, where can we find more information?
0: Uh, Anyone interested in filming in Taiwan, they can contact us directly by coming to our Facebook page and website. It's www.eastwest.asia. www.eastwest.asia. And uh, if you come to our website, you can also see the six short documentaries we did for JetBlue because of the love are
1: there. Excellent. Well, thank you, Caroline, for being my guest, and wishing you continued success with East West Entertainment Group. Thank you very much, Dan. Thank you for having me. Really enjoyed it. Oh, so nice to have you on the show. You're listening to Beach Corner on Beach Booster Radio. Don't go away. We'll be right back after this break.
0: You're listening to Beach Booster Radio.
1: It's the station to listen to.
0: Broadcasting from the Stonebridge Town Center, located in Wasaga Beach, Ontario, Canada. The world's longest freshwater beach. Wasaga Beach. Wasaga Beach.
1: Well, this is a wrap for me. I would like to thank Caroline Chaw from East West Entertainment Group for being my guest and wishing her continued success with her future projects. For more information, visit eastwest.asia. With Beach Corner on Beach Booster Radio, I'm Dinah Chickie. Beach Corners broadcast every Tuesday at 10 a.m. and 8 p.m. and also available on podcast anytime from my new Beach Booster Radio podcast page. Simply click the podcast button from my home page to enjoy unique and local programming. Beach Corners is also a regular feature in Beach Booster publication and can be seen on Wasaga Beach TV at Beach Talk. If you would like to be featured on Beach Corner, please contact Diana at BeachBooster.com. I welcome your visit to my Facebook and Twitter pages. Bye-bye, everyone. The preceding program is
0: a production of Beach Booster Radio. Written, recorded, and produced in Wasaga Beach, Ontario. We thank you for listening to Beach Booster Radio, Wasaga Beach's only locally owned and operated radio station. We are local,
1: we are Wasaga Beach, we are Beach Booster.
0: You are listening to Beach Booster Radio, broadcasting from our studios in the Stonebridge Town Center on Main Street, in the heart of downtown Wasaga Beach.